Hey, 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 welcome in. Another episode of the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast. I'm your host, Eric Stenholm, along with Joey Moore. Uh, we're thinking about renaming the podcast because of some events that happened this week. Uh, I, obviously, I want to say all these new names for the podcast, but the floor is yours, Joey. It's your quarterback. Tell us what you want to do. I might want to see a doctor because I woke up this morning Brock hard. Uh, and it felt great, baby. Um, yeah. Uh, I was thinking, uh, you know, you like that pretty good. Or, you know. That is not bad. It's not bad. You <laughs> Brock on. I mean, this is going to be a thing for as long it as is, he it plays is a, well. It is, a, it is a name that just oozes puns. Just... You want to take his first name? You want to take his last name? Both of them? Don't matter. So Rock on, baby. Obviously, we'll start the show uh, talking about Jimmy G. Uh, really sucks. I saw the play uh, today for the first time because I never really saw the replay. Clearly, he got rolled up on his foot, got smashed there. But last night, it was reported that he's going to have surgery and he's out for the season. And then today... The new reports are he is not going to have surgery because it's a Liz Frank fracture, so he could be back in time for the playoffs. All that being said, you still have five games to play, and Brock Purdy is your quarterback for those five games at the very least. How are you feeling after going to that game again on Sunday? Yeah, I he, he was damn impressive. Um as soon as he came in, I mean, you could see it at the like line of scrimmage. You you could clearly tell he was calling out audibles, killing plays. And the funny thing I I heard post game was uh, I think uh, Debo Samuel said um, he's got some uh, some balls on him because he was calling timeouts like at the line of scrimmage, and he's like, you don't even see Jimmy that because apparently Kyle hates it. He's like such a control freak. He's like, you don't call timeouts. And we saw him, he's like, we saw him call a timeout. We're like, Oh, this guy's got balls. Okay. (laughs) And, uh, but no, he, it's crazy not to like take it in a different angle and like bag on Trey Lance. Cause that's just not entirely fair, but like how prepared he was, was like unreal. I, he, Miami brought six, seven guys every time at him. And there was one play on third down, he had Jalen Phillips unblocked right in his face and he, and he hit Kittle sat in there and hit Kittle right over. Like, oh. it's like, that is what Kyle probably saw at Iowa state on tape and was like, that's my, that is, that was textbook Bethard and Mullins. Like those guys didn't have like all the talent in the world, but Kyle just had a Brock hard on for guys who stand in the pocket and just take shots. Like there's so, some of them are just like, could we work on our protections or something and like get them blocked? But that I mean, that was impressive. Um, they let him throw it thirty-seven times. Mm-hmm. Like, I, they don't even let Jimmy do that sometimes. And uh, no, he. Now I mean, Tampa's gonna is a much better defense, I think, than Miami. I think uh, with a week to prepare. Um, but I don't even know what are they gonna say. Like, oh, I can't let this guy. Is he already there? That's I can't the let thing. this guy beat us. Like, what are they preparing for? I think like, there is a huge difference in coming into the game as an injury replacement versus the other team spending a week preparing for you and watching your one game tape that you have in your entire career. I Obviously, I was impressed. The more I watched, the more I was like, that's a performance that's, you know, Niners fans liked C.J. Beathard. They liked Nick Mullins. That looked like a guy who 
for being Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the 2022 draft, incredibly prepared. And, I mean, the consensus around sports media right now is the Niners are still alive regardless of whether Jimmy comes back in the playoffs or not. I am nowhere near ready to say that because Purdy at Iowa State, having watched and bet on a lot of his games, I was not all that (laughs) impressed, but a heck of a start to his career. And As they say, there's a reason why he was the – very last pick of the draft (laughs) but I mean yeah it I mean I guess the good thing about this team is well they don't ask the quarterback to do that much um that's what was surprising especially I mean you saw it being at the game you would think if Jimmy G goes down and you're starting a you know rookie seventh round pick at quarterback your entire game plan would be you know hey diddle diddle McCaffrey up the middle for 60 minutes but no they turned him loose and it was pretty surprising yeah, it was. I mean, that was one of the things that stuck out. I mean, the other thing to talk about Miami, um, the numbers don't even do it justice, but Tua was awful. Um, he he got – he hit wonderfully, hit Trent, former Niner legend Trent Sherfield <laughs> for a 75-yard touchdown on the first play. But after that, other than the Tyreek Hill, which, by the way, it is it – is, it is nerve-wracking as hell watching Tyreek Hill play your team, as we found out in the Super Bowl and uh, found out that feeling again, uh, you know, Sunday. Like, it's just every play, it's like, there he goes. It's just like you're watching it. It's almost like you're describing some guy, some guy who ran on the field. You're like, there he goes. He's open. Like, like Him and Waddle is the best one-two punch since, God, like Carter and Moss or something like that, or Moss and there, Welker. It's been a long they're, time. They're really good. But, yeah, Tua was Tua – was, he felt – they well, they had both their tackles out, but he, he felt the heat. But, yeah, no, back to back to the uh, Purdy boy. Um, we got two Purdy boys. One of them's pretty and one of them's Purdy. <laughs> and one of them is going to be starting a playoff game in all likelihood. Uh, we'll I mean, see. if everything goes well, we don't see Jimmy again because he's not going to come back, I mean, I think, till at the very earliest, the divisional round. And if – and if Brock Purdy gets us there, why are we taking him out? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so funny because sounds a lot like, like Tom Brady. It's it's hilarious because the consensus among NFL fans and NFL media is you know almost instantly whether a guy has it or not. And an example was the Colts, you know, fired Reich, and they're like, "We're bringing in." Sam Ellinger, he's our guy. And within like 10 minutes of him playing NFL football, literally everyone was like, yeah, no, he's he's not an NFL quarterback. And then with the Niners, Purdy comes in, he's played 55 minutes of NFL football, and literally everyone across the media is like, oh, that guy's got it. Yeah, okay. It's like, maybe cool the Jets a little bit, but I think given your solid running game, your coach who's incredible at scheming, your defensive coordinator who's on the the – Heater of all heaters right now. Well, the, I, unfortunately, you know. the streak broke, but it oh, was only seven. You gave up seven points in the second like, half. Fold up shop. It's over. <laughs> I I was thinking about the defense. Like I was comparing it to the 2019 team that got to Super. And I always thought that, that team was more talented because mm-hmm. they had that team still had Bosa and Armstead, but they also had Buckner and D Ford actually played that season. They still had you know Warner and Greenlaw, and and, and they had Richard Sherman. But, man, uh, the numbers <laughs> this year are just nuts. Mm-hmm. This one has Hafanga, who 
you know, he he loves to play in the box, and he's a great blitzer. He's not the best in coverage, as we saw. He took a horrible route in the first play of the game. Yeah. Um, but People um, forget, though, you know, they always compare him to Polamalu. Polamalu was also, you know, the safety that was almost always in the box, blitzing or making tackles. He was not elite in coverage. He's not exactly Ed Reed. Yeah. So yeah, you, you no. wanted to point out that, you think the discussion needs to be had now for Fred Warner for defensive player of the year. And it's, it's hard to argue with the results the last five games on that defense that he shouldn't be up there with Parsons, if not ahead of him. I mean, it's hard. I mean, he's, he's phenomenal. I mean, he, he, again, you know, not a first round pick. I think they took him in the third round. He, I believe he was a safety at BYU um, safety, a linebacker hybrid, kind of like what Arizona thought they were getting with Isaiah Simmons thought wrong. Um, he's, he's the perfect linebacker for the, the NFL. Now, um, we were saying like, you know, the Niners were blessed with Willis and Bowman who hit like a Mack truck and, you know, like I, they wouldn't be as good in this spread it out, you know, like Miami, Buffalo, Kansas city, like they just wouldn't. Mm -hmm. Um, and Fred Warner wouldn't be as good back because I mean, he's really good in the run game, but he's not, I mean, gonna punish you like some of those, you know, early mid 2000 linebackers would but he's he deserves some votes i mean sadly he's he's his you know teammate leads the league in sacks and is like number one or two in like every defensive metric um who deservedly so wrecked the game he's three sacks right three sacks two of them were on third down one of them was the strip sack fumble i it seems but to yeah, always I mean, you could, be a pass rusher now but uh, it does. Saw, That's you, the other point. You were at That's the game. The point. Warner affects the game perhaps more than Bosa at this point. Obviously, Bosa is who will get the votes when they're deciding. Defensive it's close. Player of the year, I mean, I it's it's close because what the well the interesting thing about Fred Warner is he signed the deal last year before last season the extension he got paid at the time was the highest paid linebacker in the league and I think like Roquan Smith is now or I think he's been passed. Oh, he was first passed by Shaq Leonard. Right. Who I don't know if he's played a game since he signed that contract. <laughs> um, but, and he, Fred Warner struggled last year in the first part of the season. He had this interesting meet, like press conference where he was like, um, like it's getting to me, the contract. He's like, I, I, I feel like I got to perform. He's like, it, it's where, and he's like, as soon as he admitted that, like to the public, he went on a tear. And then in the playoffs, and it has, cons- it has seeped into this year. I think he's had an impact on Dre Greenlaw. Same thing about Dre Greenlaw. Like, Bosa gets a lot of the credit that, you know, I think gets more credit taken away from Warner. But Warner gets credit taken away from Dre Greenlaw, who is, is very good himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Hafunga has been – we haven't missed Jaquaski Tart at all. Mm. You know, thanks for dropping that punt. <laughs> From uh, possibly the best defense in football in the 49ers over to a team that gave up 500 yards to a Mike White-led offense but still won in the high-wire act Minnesota Vikings. We're 10-2. and two. Obviously, I'm thrilled. I was in Vegas to watch you know, World Cup games and NFL games and whatnot, but the highlight was being in the Caesars Palace Sportsbook during that Vikings fourth quarter win. I thought we lost about nine different times, and it seemed like the vast majority of people were pulling for the Jets because they either they bet on the Jets or there was actually a pretty decent amount of Jets fans there. And my takeaway, especially seeing it on the gigantic screen and getting to watch you know every play and analyzing every player, is 
we have secondary problems that are not going to be fixed this year. We gave up 369 passing yards to Mike White, 382 passing yards to Mac Jones the week before. Yes, we won, but I'm starting to understand why advanced metrics see the Vikings as a middle-of-the-pack team. Uh, DVOA has us 21st. I believe Pro Football Focus has us somewhere in the you know, 12 to 14 range, despite us being alone in second in the entire NFL with a 10 and two record. Um, if you caught any of that game, what were some takeaways for you as an unbiased observer? Yeah. I mean, like you were kind of hinting, the Vikings seem to be the most dogged 10 and two like contender in NFL history. Um, yeah. I mean, they're clearly, they have glaring issues in the secondary, but you know, they win in games. The Jets' defense is not, like, a joke at all. They're really good. Was, I mean, Yeah, I was really impressed. The, like, you know, it with the head coach, with the with, with where, the you know, the, the talent and money is allocated, I mean, sometimes you have to outscore your problems. I mean, it's kind <laughs> of the opposite of the Niners. Like, you know, the defense is going to have to, you know, sometimes it's the offense. Sometimes you got to win games 42 to 38, whatever it is. And That was my takeaway um, is – Obviously, everybody in the league knows that it's a team that Justin Jefferson kind of dictates how the game is going to go. And you don't really see that very often in the NFL where there's a team where the wide receiver is so far and away their best player that he dictates how the game is going to go, how whether the team is going to score a ton of points or whether they're going to get shut down. And through the first, I think, two and a half quarters, I was like, damn, they're letting Sauce Gardner get away with tackling Jefferson and they're not calling it. And then all of a sudden, he just kind of took control in the second half. He caught a touchdown. He made this one ridiculous catch where he then like looked at sauce and gave him that you're shorter than me thing. Oh yeah. Too small. Okay. All right. I I feel confident in this game. Too small. Yeah. I, my first thought after we won that game is once we wrap the division, because I don't think we're going to catch Philadelphia, we put Justin Jefferson in bubble wrap and save him for the playoffs because if that guy goes down, we're going to be like 10-point underdogs at home to the Niners in round two. So got to get that guy healthy and make sure he's okay going into the playoffs. If we get some kind of miracle Philadelphia collapse, then maybe you got to put the pedal to the metal. But I cannot remember a Vikings team, even the 2012 team with AP, where it was like such a one-man team. But that team had Jared Allen. I think he set the NFL record in sacks that year. He tied it. And it's like, this team really is a one-man show right now. Hopefully the balance can get better as we go further into the season and Cousins can actually pick up his play. I have been a little bit disappointed in him the last three weeks. We are on a three-game win streak. I have to say that. But um, getting a little loose with the ball. It kind of started with the Cowboys game, and he hasn't really you know, gotten to the level that maybe we saw the last couple years where he's putting up these gaudy stats but losing. Now he's putting up highly mediocre stats but winning. It's a really weird time to be a Vikings fan because obviously the thought is there like, hey, all we got to do is win a couple playoff games at home and like we are really looking at finally breaking that 60-year curse. But man, the secondary is so freaking bad. Yeah, I mean, it's just every – it's so interesting in football. Every team's got, like, their one weakness that, like, other teams just just hammer. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the longest time, it was – the Niners was their secondary, too. But it's played it's played better. But, yeah, sometimes you, sometimes you got to outscore your problems. <laughs> Tough game this week. Yeah, yeah, we'll get Never to that later. Never would have thought Jared, Jared, Jared Goff uh, 
Walter Payton Man of the Year, Man of the Year nominee. Wait till Let's we the, reveal the line in that freaking Vikings the at disrespect. Lions next week. The amount of disrespect, or uh, you know, maybe foresight on the part of Las Vegas. We'll have to see. Um, game of the week was Chiefs Bengals. Felt like a heavyweight bout. Uh, Joe Burrow's now three and zero against Patrick Mahomes in his career. Uh, you know, obviously, you're going to talk about That's the Bengals later, but. Um, what did you think of that game? I thought, man, for Burrow to carry Zach Taylor's carcass across the line again and win that game, basically single-handedly, it was him and Chase and um, Butker missing that field goal that really got him there. But holy smokes, Joe Burrow is as clutch as anybody other than Brady that I've seen in the last five or ten years. I mean, he's... Three and zero against Patrick, three and zero against the Chiefs, including the big one last year in the AFC Championship, AFC Invitational. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, they're if he when he gets protection and they run the ball at all, they are incredibly hard to beat, and uh, their defense isn't isn't bad. Um, him and Jamar Chase, T T Higgins, you talked about Jalen Waddle and T him and T Higgins is is really yes. good yeah. too, and. Uh, Tyler Tyler Boyd Oof. and uh, Joe Mixon didn't even play and that's the that yeah P Ryan seems like a pretty good player but th- they're missing Mixon who's probably a top eight running back in the NFL and they still beat the Chiefs I mean holy shit the Bengals they're, might be they're not a dynasty but they may be a contender for years to come they're not you know going to be written off like they were coming into the season where it's like, oh, maybe it was a one-season wonder. Zach Taylor's not the guy. I still don't really believe in him that much, but Burrow is fucking unbelievable. Just looking at the standings now, like, Bengals are the fifth seed. Um, <laughs> They're tied with they're gonna catch. Yeah. They're going to catch the Ravens. Yeah, with I Lamar think. being out, you would think so. And then I believe they play in Cincinnati – final week of the season so it may all yeah because they had that. that they lost at the buzzer that was that justin tucker sunday nighter right um yeah they're gonna catch baltimore they might get i mean just looking at this kind of a side note the afc is really good <laughs> yeah we said that last at, weekend like man. it's it's like we kind of said that like before the like well everyone was saying it before the season started like i think i think yeah like we were taught the nfc is a bit top heavy like i just the giants I think Seattle's better than the Giants and the Commanders, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's like, oh yeah, Tennessee might get up to the three seed, maybe catch Kansas City because they'll have the tiebreaker with the head-to-head. Mm-hmm. Do I mean do they get like Miami? <laughs> like, right? I mean, Miami as a five seed is a live dog, big time. I mean, AFC is stacked, and then there's even teams that aren't in playoff position, like. The Pats, who are okay, and then the Raiders, who out of nowhere have won three in a row. They're on a heater. Yeah, they are on a heater, and I, you know, they have a very easy schedule to close the season, and I think they play all the teams they need to leapfrog. I know they play the Jets at least. Um, Niners go to Vegas on New Year's Day, and we'll which I'm sure the, Vegas yeah. will be a wonderful, you know, <laughs> a sea of red place. Well, I'm not. I wasn't even going to say that. Well, that'll be <laughs> true, but I was just going to say New Year's with the. Uh, consumption of alcohol and other things new year's raiders niners we could see some fireworks yeah might actually just see fire yeah <laughs> there's a reason that they discontinued the niners raiders preseason game uh 
few few too many fan altercations caused that wonderful tradition to be scrapped around what like 2015 or so. That was rough. Um, they did a couple years ago back at Levi's, um, but yeah, <laughs> not a good look. Um, That's that game's tougher than. Right, when it looked like a couple when they weeks were ago. two and seven, you were like, "Oh, that's a cake." Now it's going to be yeah, Brock Purdy, <laughs> and it's going to be Devontae Adams getting twenty-seven fucking targets every week. If you have he, to play against him, in fantasy, he's on a personal. He's oh. on a personal. Heat. Oh, tr- oh, my mom's locked in. Mom lets me know every week. <laughs> uh, okay, updating our power ratings. We haven't done that in a while. I remember a couple of weeks ago, you were like, oh, Tennessee three. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yikes. That's a miss. Um, let's go back to our top five right now. I just looked at it right before we recorded, and I've decided I'm going to keep the Chiefs number one and Bills number two, which is where I've been basically the entire season. Uh, Eagles three, because you have to respect them at 11 and one. I've moved Cincinnati up to four. The Niners were my previous four just based on the strength of Burrow and then Jimmy G's injury. And I think I'm going to move the Vikings to five and the Niners to six. So it's a top five, but I'm letting you know that the Niners are six. It's not like they're they're further down. So the obvious omission on my end is the Cowboys, who obviously they're, they're stomping the bad teams, and then they play Houston again this week. So I want to see them against Philly put up a good fight, and then I'll be willing to put them in my top five. Um, where are you at with your five right now? Mine are a little different. I'll tell you, I also I would not have the Niners in the top. I probably would have them six. I just I gotta see, I gotta see the Purdy boy, um, do it a bit. Um, my number one would be the Bengals. Why? Wow. I, I I think they're on a. I I mean, because my well, my one last time was the Chiefs, and and I think I don't think it's nothing that they've been three times in a row. Mm-hmm. I. Right now, I mean, right now this week, I I would have them one. Um, I'd still I probably have Kansas City two. Um, Here's where it gets weird because you don't believe at all in Buffalo, and I still believe that they're probably the best or second best. No, my third would be Philly. Okay, and I'm I think Dallas is really good. I would have them four. Okay, and then I'd have Buffalo five. Yeah, that probably probably Minnesota, and then. Maybe the probably the Niners after that, because I couldn't put Miami. I'm not putting Tennessee. No, nope, no to Baltimore. Like, yeah, yeah. So I mean, probably seven. Yeah, that's what I'd probably do. Yeah, it makes sense. I feel like you're a little bit lower on Buffalo than me, and I'm a little bit lower on Dallas. But see, we're, it's starting to become a consensus here. The Bengals have gone from when they were four and four and had some injuries and had been underperforming. They weren't anywhere near that conversation, but. They are right near the top right now. I got them at four. You got them at one. So uh, with them having the tiebreaker against Kansas City now, the AFC playoff picture is getting really muddled to the point where there is a scenario where, let's say, Buffalo loses to Miami and then uh, Kansas or and uh, Cincinnati runs the table. I mean, Cincinnati could be the one, which would be nuts considering they were four and four. Um, but the, the I AFC think that's very possible. Up. Yeah, it's it's all. Well, it's interesting if it ends up in a three way tie because. Like they've all played each other because they were they were all the division winners last year, right? Too, so like Cincinnati beat Kansas City. That's uh, Buffalo beat Kansas City. But Has Cincinnati played Buffalo. They play on Monday Night Football in Week Seventeen, which is going to be okay. a fucking barn burner. Good because <laughs> we've had some 
shit on Monday Night Football. <laughs> that is going to be. I just saw that today. I was looking at the schedule. I was like, oh, the Vikings play next Saturday, the 17th, against the Colts on a Saturday instead of Sunday. That's kind of weird. And then I'm looking at the schedule, and I was like, whoa, Bills at Bengals on Monday night, week 17. That's going to be sick. Uh, great game to look forward to. Um, I have some takes before we get to your Jack and the Bum of the week. Uh, based on what I saw when I was in Vegas in terms of watching all the games at once and kind of getting big picture thoughts and looking at maybe in-depth into some teams that I hadn't been paying attention to all that much because I watched mostly Red Zone and then recaps. Um, I I said before I think the Raiders aren't dead. I think they have an easy schedule. I think Carr and and uh, Adams and Jacobs are on a heater right now. They're, they've got a pass rush, which they didn't have in the first half of the season. Like They're getting some help for Crosby for once. They're still alive. They have an easy schedule. I think the Chargers are on the slide. I think the Jets are on the slide. There's a chance for the Raiders to sneak in there. And then another team that probably shouldn't have won this weekend but gutted it out, as they have each of the last three weeks, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know if you'd know this. Uh, it's only been said 10 million times on every single sports media network. But Mike Tomlin's, again. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. Let's check that. Let me look with the, my, my stats team. Yes, that is true. He has never had a losing season. Um, That's super interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. I've never heard that nugget before in my life. It's very, very interesting. But in all fairness, they do play Baltimore twice in the span of, I think it's three weeks, so they may miss Lamar both times. They play Carolina, and they play, I believe it's New Orleans, so it's like they have a really easy run-in. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but I just wanted to point out that I thought the Steelers have a shot there. And then one more take before I turn it over to you for your bum of the week. I watched the Detroit-Jacksonville game because I bet on both Detroit and the over. Um, Doug Peterson needs to be getting more shit than he's getting because that team is a shit show. Okay, they got boat raced by Detroit, who you believe in Detroit more than most, but I, I was stunned at how bad the Jaguars are in that game. For this team that all the advanced analytics guys are saying, the Jaguars are criminally underrated. They should be like, you know, 8-4. and four. They've had horrible luck. I watched that game, and I was like, that is a team with no direction, I understand Urban Meyer left a heaping pile of dog shit for him to inherit, but oh my God, the Jaguars are awful. Lawrence looked like he got injured. He came back in. He was awful for that the entire game. That looked like the game. worst injury I've ever seen Oh yeah. when I saw a replay of it. And then he's like, he's back. I was yeah. like, okay, because you could have told me that. That that looked, I'm not going to say it was like Alex Smith, but it looked like it looked like Carson Wentz <laughs> spraining both his ankles yeah. on the same play. Like... He was uh, spinning around topsy-turvy and then lands, and you're like, oh, that's an ACL for sure. But then he came in a few plays later. But my point was, we always have these conversations about who's the MVP, who's the coach of the year, who's the defensive player of the year. In baseball, there's a, a columnist I read who gives out a Cy Young and a Cy Yuck for, like, the worst player of the year. Like, if I had to say who's the worst coach of the year, obviously it's Nathaniel Hackett. But Doug Peterson is probably second there, like, he inherited a team that you have a number one overall pick quarterback coming into his second season, which second season is when a quarterback takes off. So Mahomes, Burrow, all these guys, Herbert, that's when they took off and kind of showed who they are in the league. Lawrence might actually look worse this year than he did under Urban Meyer. The Jags just kind of suck, and they have the roster, I think, to win some games. So 
that was that, those were a couple things that that I saw watching the games that that stood out to me. Let's head over to your Jack and the Bum of the Week. Obviously, a ton of candidates. Uh, you want to go through your candidates and then give out the award because uh, it was a yeah, heck I like, of a I week. Like, I love giving out the honorable mentions to the Bums <laughs> of the Week just to let them know that you were almost the Bum of the Week, but you got away with it. You know, probably a very low honorable mention, Lovey Smith. He, I mean, the Texans are terrible. I don't really blame much on him, but boy, I mean... If you judged a team based on the Vegas lines every week, you would think they they should be relegated. <laughs> like they're just just consistently double digit dogs. Uh, they got out to a, a commanding five nothing lead this week before. I well at the game losing. I saw like they have like the they have they always have red zone playing on the jumbotron like while the you know you're when you first get there when the mm-hmm. gates open. I saw the score. I'm like, does that say like seven to five or like? <laughs> Six, like, I'm like, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, could, but you know, didn't plus the Texans, who cares? Like, you got to be really bad for me to say, talk about the Texans in the bum of the week because it's an honor to be the bum of the week. Oh, yeah. Um, my, my, my next one, I mean, you could go Russell Wilson every freaking week, dude. Like, it's exhausting. Like, as a Niner fan who grew up hating you, like, one of the most hated, like, athletes you know because just just so many like just wins just in just ripped out of my heart just so many mm-hmm. like i even i'm like dude i'm are you okay like i, I kind of feel bad i like wow we've gotten to that point like you know like he's not he's clearly not a bad guy like obviously he's not like there are some bad dudes like in <laughs> sports he's not a bad guy do i think he's kind of like a poser yeah he seems a little like he's trying to be somebody he's not which another reason why I kind of feel bad for him because maybe he does just need I don't know do you need therapy man you need to talk to somebody like you know have your manager call Richard Sherman or something because you don't talk to anybody apparently you don't give anyone your phone number but that's like, how dude, bad it's gotten for Russell this year is you're like man you might need therapy like dude I he just I don't know it could have been him but my runner I'll give the runner up well runner up nomination Jeff Saturday like it all was kind of a Kind of a fugazi how this all happened. We're just going to hire our buddy, Jim Irsay. But we got this. It was all fun and games when you beat the Raiders, when the Raiders were a dumpster fire. And you, you like you, we got all the Twitter. He was like, oh, the Raiders are a complete mess. And then you beat them. Like, that is some movie level stuff. Like, that was hilarious. But, dude, last week at, on Monday night, we all saw he just like, I'm not going to call the timeouts mm-hmm. this week. It was closer than the score was because the fourth quarter started like, but. Just to get Molly Wop dog walked on Sunday Night Football, not yeah. not good. But whatever, finish the season, dude. We're not going to hire a coach to just coach five games and you know hire another one. So just take this take this Titanic down to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> um, but the the Jack and the Bum of the week could be the Jack and the Bum of the century. Could be the Jack and the Bum person of the century. It feels fun now that he's back. Your Jack and the Bum of the week goes to. Deshaun Watson. Hell yes. What? We could replace Jack and the Bum. We're trying to keep it with the Jack in the Box Bum theme. We could go just Jackass of the Week, just Jack in the, like, sick loser of the week. Yeah. Anyways, well, it just so happens when you don't play for, like, two years, you look like shit. And he looked like shit. (laughs) 700 days off. So I get that there's going to be some rust. But even accounting for that... His total QBR yesterday, I'm going to 
total QBR is scored zero to one hundred. Take a guess what it was. I don't know. Fourteen. Three point zero. Wow. Second lowest is, score of the year. You said QBR. So I don't know if that's is is it QBR or passer rating? The one where it's like if you just hike the ball and throw it into the dirt the whole game, like you get like a thirty-eight or something. Yeah, that's passer rating, which is scored to one fifty-eight point three. But ESPN's total QBR is zero to one hundred, and he had the second worst game of the year with a three point zero. Yeah, twelve of twenty-two for one hundred thirty-one and a pick against the Texans. What do you think Jacoby Brissett's thinking on the sidelines? Dude, like? I would like this is the part like I think is so overlooked and underrated about sports especially in football when it's like the team sport ultimate team sport it's just like this stuff matters like how could anyone on the offense how could you just look at him i get it you know like he's your quarterback like he's you know he's obviously a good football player at least we think he is i mean maybe he's not we all thought i mean i mean 700 if, if days russell ago, wilson yeah. if russell wilson could go from last year to this year like deshaun not playing like two years i mean he could go i mean it could happen but, like, I get it. Like, what are you going to do? Like, take a stand and risk your career. Like, oh, I'm not going to play because we – this is our quarterback and take some – like, I get it. But if I'm Jacoby Reset, you mean to tell me I do everything right? By all accounts, he's a great guy. And it's just – I just lost my job to this sick loser. Like, <laughs> oh, Who brings I, nothing to the table. So, obviously, he has – it's very, you know – understated to say off the field baggage but i mean it is that isn't off the field plane of baggage he's a tire fire human being who committed all these heinous acts against women in the houston area he comes back to houston for his first game he gets booed mercilessly i saw the entire uh i guess their version of the black hole the texans fan section behind one of the uh uprights every time that he like drove toward them the whole crowd ch- chanted no means no like what a circus it's and not going to end on top of that he was awful i mean like the, the second worst performance of the year there, behind baker there, mayfield you know uh, there are people there are players in sports who sadly probably do worse things than him i mean cuz there's some bad people um but like sometimes those people like it gets overlooked because they're good you know, I mean, you go down lists. Aaron Hernandez, what a nice guy. Um, <laughs> like, but if you play well. Right. Like, that's, <laughs> like, if your production outweighs your distraction, people will, you know, put their morals aside and, uh, woohoo, let's go Browns. If he was 23 um, of 30 for 345 and four touchdowns, I think Browns fans would be like, hey, we don't care. People but. would wear his jersey. But if you already bought his jersey and saw that, you'd be like, uh, what a loser. Like, and I don't know. They'd be like, I don't know if I'm talking about him or if I'm talking about myself who bought the Jersey. Like, I, I don't know. I, he, he was this, destined for a bum of the week at some point this season, but he was even worse than you could have possibly. Imagined. I mean, even if, even if he was a perfect human off the field, like his numbers are bum of the week numbers against the Texans. Yes. Against I, the worst team in the NFL. I believe that was a pick six too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's the only reason the Texans – by the way, the Texans scored nine points on defense and and uh, three points on offense. Great performance there, Houston. Good job. <laughs> yeah, I, Jack Jack in the bum of the year. 
Deshaun Watson. Congrats, Congratulations. Deshaun. Yeah. On well, the day that we heard about the Walter Payton Man of the Year, how about the non-Man of the Year? Yes. The, <laughs> the Aaron Hernandez NFL Not Man of the Year award goes to. That's a, that's a sadly, that's like a. You could have you know, a one nominee like, from like each a parody, of the thirty-two If like a parody teams. email, or, like a, or if a parody like online came up came up with NFL awards, the Aaron Hernandez Guy of the Year award would be. <laughs> you him. could easily do one nominee. They could, he, from, they, yeah, it would be, be he would win the Aaron Hernandez award, and then they would rename it after him. Yeah, Deshaun. That's how bad it was. Looking ahead to Week 14, um, let's take a look at some of the lines. See if anything jumps out to us. The Thursday night game is a dud with Raiders at Rams. Uh, from here on out, any game involving the Rams is. You know what's hilarious though is it, like everyone's like, "Oh, what a dud!" But then you're like, "Okay, Raiders are humming," and then it's like we get to watch Baker Mayfield. Like, <laughs> what? It, like, it might be a funeral for Baker Mayfield if he plays. I they said he would play, but I was like, "That is a quick turnaround." But. That game is going to be a dud. Any game involving the Rams is going to be a dud. I mean, Mayfield, Wolford, Perkins, whoever the hell starts, that team has nothing left. They probably will run the table and go whatever it ends up being, 3-14. and 14. I mean, it could be like the worst. I mean, am I, am I nuts to think that like McVay is going to TV, Stafford's going to retire, Donald's going to retire, Cooper Cup, I don't, they, maybe they trade him. If they're really just like an abomination, maybe I they mean, trade him for picks. This is the season that they would have probably gotten the number two overall pick, but they traded that, so they yeah. are probably going to have to undertake a multi-year tank job now. So uh, Raiders should roll on Thursday night at the Rams. Also, that's going to be – But it's a, the Raiders. We don't know. They could That's know. true, but it's going to be a, a sea of silver and black inside It'll be the black hole. for sure. Um one game that stood out to me in the early 10 a.m. window on Sunday, Cleveland at Cincinnati. So I expected this to be Cincinnati minus like 10. It opened at four and a half. In some places it's gone up to six, but right now you can still bet Cincinnati minus four and a half at some sports books. I mean, that seems like free money, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes, it does. Stealing money. Yeah, I mean – Really odd there. I thought that would be nine and a half or ten points, given how well Cincinnati's playing, how shitty Cleveland played. Cleveland I mean, sucks. Yeah. Uh, Houston at Dallas. This is the largest spread of the year. Dallas minus 17. Some places it's 17 and a half. I was listening to a podcast today uh, where the director of the uh, South Point Sportsbook said he wanted to open it at minus 20. I mean... I think there was a Chiefs-Jaguars game a few years ago that was somewhere near there, but this is about as big a mismatch as you could have in the NFL. I, even If I had to bet this game, I'd still bet Dallas. That shows you how bad Houston is. Um, yeah. well, let's not bury the lead here, though. <laughs> Minnesota at Detroit. I thought, okay, I get it. It's a flat spot game for the Vikings because we don't really need to do anything to lock up the division. The two-seed is pretty much locked up. Not a lot to worry about. I get it. It's a flat spot. Maybe it'll be Vikings minus one. Maybe it'll be Pickham. It's Detroit minus two and a half. Where is the respect for the Vikings? Not there. Not in <laughs> Vegas. It's pretty shocking. Not, not on ESPN. Not on Fox. Not anywhere <laughs> other than Minnesota. I feel like I almost need and, to take. And your place. That's what I'm saying. I, I might need to take the Vikings out of principle there. That's kind of a joke to me, but. We'll see. Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's minus two and a half with Jackson being almost 100% certain out for this game and Huntley starting. Um, 
that's going to be a 13 to 10 game. Not a good game. Old school, you know, Steelers Ravens type game. Shitty quarterback play. Freaking 13 to 10, 13 to 9, something like that. Kansas City at Denver. Uh, Kansas City's minus nine and a half. I wanted to bring up this stat to you about Denver that I heard today. So, in the Super Bowl era since 1966, there have been 70 teams through 12 games of a season that have given up less than 17 points per game. And and, and I think the same also applies to they've given up um, 17 touchdowns total through 12 games. So, regardless, there's 70 teams in the past, whatever that ends up being, 56 years, who've hit those benchmarks. Every single one of them has been either 6-6 six and six or better, and the average number of wins for those teams is 10. So the average team is 10-2, and two, who has given up 17 or less touchdowns through 12 weeks or has given up less than 17 points per game through 12 weeks. So we're talking 2,002 bucks. 2,000 Ravens, 85 Bears, these elite monster teams, and then the 2022 Broncos. Like, holy fucking shit. They, Let's ride. We're talking about one of the best defenses ever in terms of not allowing touchdowns, not allowing points, and they're 3-9. and nine. Like, holy shit. Why am I not betting the Denver under every single week? Well, um, they were supposed to be on Sunday Night Football, but got banned. Um, yeah, they suck. I mean, not they. I should. I should not. I should not lump the defense. Do not. Um, it really is just Russell Wilson, <laughs> which is I and Hackett's an offensive coach. I mean, one of the most unique teams I think we've seen in a long time. There have been some like Detroit earlier in the season was giving up thirty-five a game and scoring thirty-eight a game, which. There are teams like that. I remember there was the the early McVay Rams teams were like that, where it was like they won that game 54-51 on Monday Night Football. They had no defense. It was like Donald and a bunch of scrubs before they traded for Ramsey and Von Miller and all these guys. But, like, I, I don't know if I've seen a team like this in my lifetime where it's like maybe the 2000 Ravens, but, I mean, Dilfer was still moving the ball enough to win a Super Bowl, like, what a yeah! They won a team. Super Bowl. Yeah. This, 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 this Denver's about to get the number two pick sent to Seattle. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. If you would have said before the season, Denver and the Rams would probably be the number two. Merry number Christmas, everybody! Rams. That's a Christmas game. Oh my God! And it's still going to outrate every NBA game played this season, despite being heck yeah, it is. Oh, that's why we. Yeah, love the Denver NFL. at the Rams, Both. and I even saw something that the Rams like. We're reaching out to like season ticket holders and people because they're afraid like that stadium is going to be like empty because like at this point, why would even Denver fans go? To that game? <laughs> and they're like, we'd like to take your tickets off your hands and like give them to charity for like Christmas. <laughs> Just giving them away because they think people aren't like no one's going to go. Six billion dollar stadium and they're having to give Who's away house? tickets. Rams house? Nobody's house. Literally nobody's house. Uh, Tampa Bay at San Francisco. That is a huge game. Tommy Boy coming the, off the of... The GOAT versus Tom Brady. Oh, my God. That is a disgusting, disgusting act, as Joe Buck once said. I cannot believe that. Oh, yeah. That was the Randy <laughs> What a disgusting act. So, uh, you have the greatest quarterback of all time who just broke Peyton Manning's record for most fourth-quarter comebacks with his 44th 
on Monday Night Football. Dragon just okay, a about dumpster that. fire. Like about that. Like he like everyone was like, Oh my god, again Tom Brady and I'm like, Yes, he deserves yes, obviously. But it's like why does simple things like Mark Ingram not getting the first down happen for Tom Brady? Like it's kind of the thing with like Russell Wilson with Seattle as an Iron fan. Like, yeah, he makes some play, but some of this stuff is like, why does it just happen to you? Like, <laughs> it's so true. We used to like, always like joke, Mark like, Ingram. Like, I guarantee you, if he's playing like, you know, whoever, I don't know, pick it. Yeah, like the Falcons. Yeah, yeah, he's playing Marcus Mariota. That that's a first down. Yeah, Baker Mayfield. That's a first down. Tom, it's like, I just forgot where the line was. I don't know, and it's like, huh? It was. It always insane. happens for Tom. Like, like last Tom, the, year, in the, the Seattle, in the, the Super Rams Bowl, game. The, the the don't run the ball at the one. Like, why does that happen? Like, it's just it is. It's just yeah. The Falcons. Super it does. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even saying saying it's luck. It's just like, it's like when you're some like when just you're, yeah. When you're playing greatness, you just shit your pants in big moments because you're nervous. But not even. It's like it honestly just sometimes I'm just like like. Like, is there something going on here? Like, is there like, like, why does not, God hate us? Like, just like, what is, huh? It was, Anyways, it was so it just, bizarre. It, it always was just like, why is it like some athletes? Like, why does it always happen to you? Right. Like in a good way. Like there's people. It's like, why do you always get injured? Why do you always suck? But it's like, the, it's like, huh? It was like last year's divisional playoff game where I think they were down two touchdowns. And then it was just like miracle touchdown where, Evans burns Jalen Ramsey, then an immediate Cam Akers fumble, and then an immediate tying touchdown. And I was like, because the Bucks were dead in that game, and I was like, why? Like, why does this keep happening for Brady? It's just a miracle. But it happened again, and now he's coming back home to play the Niners. Probably he, stay at mommy and daddy's house. Maybe. Yeah, up in San Mateo. Yeah, hang out with with his OG folks over there. Um, Tampa Bay is not favored in this game, despite. Mr. Irrelevant starting. The greatest quarterback of all time comes into Santa Clara. Uh, He plays Brock Purdy in his first career start, and he's getting three and a half points. Niners by three and a half. I am probably going to take Tampa in that matchup. I know you don't feel good about that. I I mean, it's going to be. I mean, it's just going to be interesting. I I don't know what to expect. It'll be a great game. There's not like there's much competition in the one o'clock window. It's Kansas City, Denver, and Carolina, Seattle. So all eyes are going to be on the Tampa SF game. Well, I think we're getting Fox's uh, crew, Burkhardt and Olsen. You should. That's a great game. But do you imagine they got the games like we're going to get? We're going to get Tom versus. Well, it's supposed to be Tom versus Trey Lance. Right. And then it's like, oh, we're getting Tommy versus Jimmy. (laughs) And then it's like we're getting Tom versus. Rock hard, <laughs> and it's um, it's good. Hey, it's still good. Like yeah. what at the NFL? Like I just couldn't even like other sports. Like I just, you know, you're down to like, you know, like the NBA, the awful league that that is. Oh, we're gonna rest everybody. Yeah, it's like no one's watching. The NFL's like, we're playing a guy who's never played before, but it's gonna be electric. <laughs> and, and it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, the Saints' defense is good, but like I mean. They look like crap for three and a half quarters last night. The Tampa did, and I just I don't see them moving the ball much. But it's going to be Tampa a low always scares game. me because you know they have the I mean they have the names on the back of the jersey that are that should you know be able to throw the ball around a bit. But I mean, yeah, they can't block and they can't run. That's the problem. Uh, that's going to be a low scoring game. For well, sure. they, well, that's the thing. That's, that's right. Tristan Wirfs is probably. I mean, he's out. Right. He had yeah. the high ankle sprain that he's not. Well, that's a problem. Yeah. 
Um, good luck. They already started the season. They had started the season with like injuries on the on the line. Um, and yet they still got a game and a half lead somehow in the division. They're six and six, and they're a like game if they would have lost that game, it would have been like, okay, well, Atlanta and the Saints, they're still in it. It's like, yeah, they're like five and eight. <laughs> what a shit ass division. Uh, Miami at the Chargers, Miami minus three and a half. I think that's a lot of points playing a second road game in a row, staying on the West Coast. Uh, the Chargers are injured, but Chargers getting three and a half at home on Sunday night football. It feels like a little bit of a of a let up game for Miami. Uh, McDaniel was hot after the, the last game. I mean, he was pissed on the sideline. I saw that one that it was our seats. The seats that we sit in, their season tickets, like they're awesome seats. They're like the end of the second deck. And what's cool about it is like no one's behind us so we stand the whole game um and uh, they got the tv uh like you could look up and like they got the tv for the suites behind us mm-hmm. so we like watch that for replays and like yeah we could tell it was that fourth down gesicki play that he that's it when was he dropped yeah and uh oh man he blew a gasket yeah he's gonna be frustrated he went from fourth in he went on he went for it on fourth and one on like his own like 10 in the fourth like <laughs> with like the, eight that, minutes that and I'm like, I'm like, whoa! The That's stones Tua, on that Tua, guy. Tua made a nice play and hit hit Tyreek for like six or seven yards. But I still love Mike McDaniel. Oh yeah, you're glad you got the win, but you'll be rooting for him next week. And then Monday Night Football: New England at Arizona. New England minus one and a half. I lean strongly towards New England there, even though Arizona's oh, yeah. coming off the bye. Belichick against uh, Kingsbury. That's a that's a matchup nightmare. Uh, for anyone just involved. thinking about some of these teams like Arizona is one of them like Packer Packers could be one but some of these teams that like kind of had some expectations with well, the Rams it's just like it is going to be the longest like five weeks <laughs> like season <laughs> like it's going to be guys thinking about vacation and you know McVay holidays. pretending to be like come on guys like let's finish this season strong yeah and nobody like listening. I see it on hard knocks and they're like in the meeting rooms like Oh, we got to like, you know, just this, you can block the A gap and turn the guard. And it's like, you just like in those D line meeting rooms, you're just like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> let's go to Cabo. It's like, yeah. you know, you'll have some guys who like already got paid in contracts and are like, cool. But, and then maybe you'll have some rookies who are like, oh yeah, I got to make a, I got to make a name for myself, which I guess is, you know, good. But then it's just, it's just a mix of, I don't know. It could yeah. be, it could, we could see some like implosions. Oh, yeah, absolutely, with all the teams that are just dead in the water, but mostly veteran teams. That's going to be a shit show. Um, Let's take a look around the rest of the sports landscape before we get to my five picks of the week uh, and your feels-great baby uh, wildest take. Um, World Cup update. I put here the U.S. coaching level is basically at, like, the Nathaniel Hackett tier. Uh, Our game against the Netherlands, I mean – an absolute disaster. Granted, they're going against a team that's superior in talent and vastly, vastly superior in coaching. The coach in Netherlands, Louis Van Hall, has like already been to a World Cup semifinal. He's won, you know, titles in every league. He coached Manchester United. I get it. He's a great manager. But you, my takeaway from watching that game was like no tactics, no planning, no. I mean, it was just an absolute disaster. And then the substitutions were bad. I mean, the U.S. needs to fire their coach. Uh, bring in like a super established, you know, World Cup veteran manager for the next World Cup. It's the U.S. and the U.S. is hosting. Like, bring the Brinks truck over and dump it on someone. 
Jose Mourinho, Carlo Ancelotti, one of these world-class managers who's like, I'm going to get a gigantic payday at the end of my career and bring the U.S. to the World Cup. Like, that's what they need to do. Plain I saw the I saw the end of that game. I can't say that I got up at 7 to start watching it, but I watched, like, the second half. Well, they had, like, I mean, the, the U.S. had some chances. I They got the goal that made it 2-1, to one, but who was the one guy? You, you would know, like, was it, it – Aji something like Haji right? Yeah. yeah. People on like Twitter and everywhere, even me, like watch it. I'm like, I don't even know who you are, like who are you thinking? But I'm like, I don't like what are you doing? Did he got the goal, right? Yeah. It just But like, still he, he got wasn't the goal. Even trying to get the it, goal. Either, yeah, it just like hit his like heel or something. Which <laughs> it looked like like what a deflection, but and but then the other plays he was making, people on Twitter and me were like, like, what are you even doing out there? It's like so bad. <laughs> Obviously the US was missing a striker, like that's the the big piece of the puzzle that they don't have because I was actually impressed with pretty much every other position on the field uh the coach sucked but the striker is the biggest problem like they don't have anybody that can play there like if you if you put Pulisic there he's just too small he's not going to be able to play striker we need like a big burly can head the ball striker and we just don't have that but man what a shit show in that game the They're first half the was, NFL yeah I mean Calvin Johnson you know somebody that size and that speed, throw him up there at striker. It would have been better than what we had. Um, but one point I was going to make on that before we talk about some college football is for the World Cup, I think it might be the best quarterfinals ever because we only got one upset in the round of 16, and that was Morocco beating Spain. But even then, I thought Morocco was a better team uh, in the game today. So right now we're looking at Portugal playing the winner of England France in the one side of the semifinals and then Brazil Argentina the dream matchup in the other semifinals so it's like this is going to be despite Qatar being the worst freaking host ever it's going to be a really great high ratings world cup just because you know there's no oh Costa Rica crashed the party or whatever it's all the big boys France England Portugal Brazil Argentina and it's going to be pretty freaking sweet um, yeah, that makes it. The people always say like, "Oh, we love a good like you know underdog Cinderella." Like, no, people don't actually like, <laughs> like you know they want I, Warriors Cavaliers for four straight years. Yeah, like you know, it's it's all it's all like fun to think you want that, and then it happens, and you're like, "Why are we getting like you know Bengals Rams Bemidji? Why are we getting Bemidji State in the Final Four? <laughs> like." You know, it's like everyone's like, I'm so sick and tired of North Carolina and Duke and Kansas. And, yeah, and then you get Florida Gulf Coast and you're like, oh, well, you're, like, okay. you're like, OK, this was cool until we got to the Sweet 16. Yeah. Speaking of college sports, Ohio State squeaks in based on USC's loss. So the college football playoff is set. Obviously, we're going to be watching. We do like watching that. But the big talk this week is that it was approved to have 12 teams in the college football playoff starting in 2024. Isn't that way too freaking many? Like, golly, you're going to have, like, Duke in the first round as the 12 seed or something. Like, kids are going to want to go to the NFL draft and completely skip the bowl process. The product is going to be diluted. I feel like a 12-team playoff is just absurd. Well, about the whole, like, draft thing, because that is, like, a good point. I don't, people are – like, players are already doing it. Um. I mean, 12 is a lot, but I also thought four was too small. So, I mean, I don't know how eight would have worked. Maybe you do like a buy or something. I don't know. I've always thought it should be six, and you do the power I mean, five winners and then one at large. 
See, that's what I my my take was going to be is like I'm just already like I'm just sick of this. Like it's a beauty pageant and we just like, you know, we're basically it's an invitational. Picking, it's yeah, not a playoff. Like exactly. And like the NFL, like like Tampa might win the division and get a home playoff game at seven and ten or whatever. Like and and people like say stuff about it, but it's like, no, that's just the way it works because like it, you know. Like it's clear and obvious. Like you don't. We're not picking. We're not cherry picking teams. We want like, like some year. Like if there was a rule of the NFL, like oh, if you don't make it, if you're if you're not at least five hundred, we're gonna pick the team that finishes, you know, just out of the playoffs and take your place. Like no, it's yeah. just like this is the way it works. Like it puts it puts an importance on your division games that people like and and all that stuff. Like I wish college football would just go to. Like, we don't care what the teams are or what you're ranked. Like, if you win the Pac-12, you win the SEC, you win the Big Ten, you're in the playoffs. Like, the Power Five, and then maybe one at large, but you have to be a conference champ. Mm-hmm. Like, And then the two I, teams who have the best record, you know, or who are deserving of being the one and two get a bye. Three plays six, five plays four. I think that's the way they should do it. But because they're greedy bastards, they had to add six more teams in there and make it this, like, four-tiered monstrosity and it's just going to be like if i'm a, if i'm a college football player who's like oh i might be a third round pick maybe second round i'm not playing in those games i'm not going to play up to four extra games if i'm like the the six seed or the 12 seed or whatever like no freaking way yeah i mean it's possible um but I, the thing that i do like about about it is like if you are a fan and i'm not a diehard fan of a team so i don't really care who wins these games but like it must suck like if you were oregon or something this year when you just get your ass kicked by georgia in week one and you're like well that's cool season's over uh we're not making the playoff like i don't know it kind of it kind of does like like your season's not over if you lose a game which it kind of felt like that for for a long time because you're like there are going to be like three or four teams that finish like 12 and 0 or like 11 and 1. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that's where we're looking. 12 12 is at. a lot. 12 is a lot. It's a lot. Um all right, let's do it. Uh it's time for the you like that five picks of the week. Um I Joey and I went over the lines and uh we came up with these five picks. We're we're 17 11 and 2 uh through week uh 13, so pretty pretty damn good start. Uh so that's what is that? That's 30 games. So we've been doing this six weeks. This is our seventh podcast. Wow. 17, 11, and two. Good job by us. Like round of applause. Jeez. It's 35 uh, points. 35 yeah. points. You know, two points for the boys. You know, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> for the boys. <laughs> yeah. A couple of uh, shootout losses there got us the two. Yeah. That's what happened. <laughs> so last week we went three and two. We had Detroit who steamrolled the uh, Jaguars. We had the Giants plus one and a half. Got there with a tie. No <laughs> complaints there. Seattle minus four and a half. They only won by four, so we were damn close there. Kansas City minus two and a half. Very close game. Could have gone either way. And then Dallas minus nine and a half was your pick there. And it was like looking a little hairy there. And then the fourth quarter, I think they won like 28 nothing in the fourth. So uh, ran away uh, and won us that one. So um, here's what I'm thinking. I like uh, Cincinnati minus four and a half uh, against the Browns. I already bet that because I know that's going to go away. It's going to be like, Minus seven, minus seven and a half here pretty soon. Vikings plus two and a half, just out of principle. You can't be ten and two and be a two and a half point dog against a five and seven team. I know I'm gonna regret that. The only other time I've taken the Vikings on the pod, we lost by thirty seven fucking points, but we'll see what happens. 
Tampa Bay plus three and a half. So much emotion behind that. It's just like, golly, the one time I actually support my team, they just take a fat dump. I think Uh. the Niners could play could play San Jose State, and I think I might bet San Jose State because I just (laughs) you'd be like the plus. I hedge my feelings. The plus forty nine and a half is just it's the right side. Plus a hundred. Yeah. yeah, I, I hedge my feelings. If yeah, I, you know. me too. I because it's like I've never done it, but like if I bet my team and they lose, like that's ah, just—I mean, literally, just. Oh, I bet I'm the Vikings walk into, in Vegas. I'm gonna walk this into weekend. traffic. It's rough. It's a it, you're so nervous. If the Vikings make, let's say they make like the conference championship game this year, I will definitely bet on whoever they're playing like heavily. Like that's been my thing for. 10 years now. That's, that's so funny. Like, I'm like, oh, do I can, do I need to buy this? Can I afford this? Like, oh, Vikings playing, you know, Philly in the in the title game? Five grand on Philly. I'm going to say I'm this, either so. going to be the happiest guy in the world or uh, I'm getting money. So stop listening here, Jamie and mom and dad. Do not listen to this. But uh, I keep this spreadsheet uh, on my Google Drive that tracks every sports bet I've ever made. So... If you don't include my emotional hedges, I'm down like seventeen hundred dollars. But that's not bad. Yeah, which for at all like ten years, seventeen hundred bucks down, whatever. It's not great. Vander Kane wishes he had that. If you include the times I bet against the A's in the playoffs, against the Vikings in the playoffs, because I was like, if we lose, I just want something to make me happy. I'm up over ten thousand dollars because I just I cannot First of all, it was 2014 uh, A's Royals was my first bet of that kind, and I was like, okay. And then I doubled up. I bet against the Giant, or I bet on the Giants to win the World Series because I was like, I don't want them to win the World Series, so all emotional heads there, and I won there. And then it was off to the fucking races. 2017 Vikings against uh, the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. I bet huge on the Eagles. I bet huge uh, on the Niners when they played the Vikings in 2019 in the playoffs. Anytime my team has a chance to like actually win the title, I bet against them. A's 2018-2019 wildcard game, 2020 series against the Astros in the ALDS. It's highly profitable, but I'm hoping to lose a shit ton of money at some has point. It ever, has <laughs> it ever happened that, like, say Minnesota plays Philly, right, in the title game this year? Mm-hmm. And say it's like Philly minus seven, but say Philly wins only by like four, and you bet like oh four. no money line always money line, yeah. Okay. I, but just so that it's a true emotional hedge. Now what sucks is because <laughs> I, I was like, if you don't win either, like, dude, oh, hotline here we come. Yeah. No, I always do money line. What sucks is say the Vikings play the Eagles and we're like seven point underdogs. The money line will be like minus two fifty. So you have to risk a shitload of money for that to be worth it, but. If they're, you know, if it's a basically even game, dude, I'm going to do it Dude, if my again. team gets to, like, the chant, like, whatever sport it is, dude, I I look at it as donate. I'll donate $1,000. I don't care. That's what donate. I'm saying. And, and I kind of want to. What am I going to do? Go to, go to Jack in the Box 1,400 times and spend that money anyway? I was thinking if the Vikings do make the Super Bowl at some point, whether it's this year or whenever, I want to. Do this thing. I saw a thread about this. Uh, it was like a barstool thread or something. And I, I normally don't like barstool, but it was pretty funny. It's like you go to the Super Bowl. Say you pay ten thousand dollars for two tickets. So I would like go with my dad, and we spend a shitload on tickets and hotels and food and whatever. You add up all the cost, estimated cost. So say it's like twelve grand or whatever. 
and then you bet that on the other team. So you either get a free trip to the Super Bowl or your team wins the Super Bowl and you are just out a shit ton of money. I was like, it's not a terrible idea. Like, it's either a free Super Bowl or you win the Super Bowl. Not like I would actually do that, but it's a thought. Anyway, back to the picks. Jamie's like, what (laughs) is going on? Yeah, Just a thought. (laughs) Tampa Bay plus three and a half is my third pick. Um, The GOAT against Brock Purdy. Enough said. Chargers plus three and a half. The GOAT versus Tom Reed. (laughs) Uh, I'm taking Chargers plus three and a half uh, at home on Sunday night football against the Dolphins in what I expect to be a little bit of a flat spot for Miami. And then New England minus one and a half on Monday night football against Arizona. Just because, I mean, Belichick against Kingsbury and it's only one and a half. I expected that to be three, three and a half. So here we go. Here's the you like that five picks of the week. Cincinnati minus four and a half at home against the Browns. The Vikings plus two and a half at Detroit. Tampa Bay plus three and a half at San Francisco. Uh, The Chargers plus three and a half at home against Miami. And then New England minus one and a half on the road on Monday Night Football against Arizona. Joey, it's time for your feels great baby. Your wildest take you feel best about at the moment. This week, you're picking... Uh, your team to come out of the AFC for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I talked about it earlier. I don't think this is uh I don't think this is that big of a hot take, but I I feel pretty great about the Bengals going back to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying they're going to win it, but I got them first in my power rankings for a reason. They're going to get eventually get uh Joe Mixon back. They when he's been in, even with P Ryan, they've been running the ball very well. And if if Joe Burrow doesn't get sacked every other play, he's I mean, he's been unreal. And um, if they somehow – they got a decent schedule the rest of the way, if they somehow get that one seed and don't have to go anywhere um, and don't have to – I mean, not that they can't beat the Chiefs again at mm-hmm. the Arrowhead Invitational. Um, yeah, I – they're – The they, one seed is just so important. They now. felt like a fluke last year for some reason, even though they won the division and, like, you know – clearly have talent especially offensively but they went from a fluke to a potential you know powerhouse really quickly um i think they're much more of a threat to kansas city specifically than buffalo um because uh, they can run the ball yeah that's something that i've heard on a couple other podcasts is the reasons folks are discounting Buffalo is they just cannot run it. And I, I, it looks like they're going to turn to James Cook, Dalvin's little brother, to kind of close yeah, out the Yeah, I'm not thrilled season. about that. My Devin Singletary fantasy owner is, <laughs> is not thrilled about that. Yeah, he had been struggling big time in the last few games, and they might turn to him. But regardless, it's like it's not as bad as the Rams were when they went to the Super Bowl last year with basically no running game. But I think when you're Buffalo, when you play – in the weather like that, whether you're going to Kansas City, Cincinnati, or you're hosting it, Buffalo's going to be playing in horrendous weather. They're going to have to run the ball, and they can't. So I like that pick, whether it's P. Ryan or Mixon or, you know, bubble screens to Higgins and Chase or whatever. Like, you got to really like Kansas, or uh, Cincinnati's chance against Kansas City and Buffalo, given the state of the AFC right now. I like that. But, yeah, like you said, uh, Buffalo at Cincinnati, Monday Night Football, Week 17. Which I week seventeen is the last Monday nighter of the season, I think. There's none on week eighteen, so that's a that's a great way to close it out. It's a good one for Buck and Aikman. (laughs) Buck and Aikman are like finally. They've I mean they've had some doozies. 
I mean, next week ain't great. I mean, Patriots is is not good at all, no. really. Um, and then I don't really know what's after that, but yeah, they they deserve just had that. Pittsburgh just had Pittsburgh and the Colts. Oof, that was awful. They had uh, what was it? Uh, there was a Bears one too that was even this a- week. Tampa and the Saints in theory is like a good divisional game, but like Andy Dalton. I mean, it was it was. Hope you like defense. Yeah. Bit of a yawn until the end, but of course the goat came back and won it. Um, all right, let's close the pod. Uh, let's talk about. So I went to Vegas last let's week. Let's talk about something very near and dear to ours. Yes. So as someone who loves sports betting and playing poker and all this stuff, like Vegas has always been that trip that I just look forward to so much. You know, year after year, I think I've been close to a dozen times, starting in 2015, and then. This was my first time in a year. You're going to Vegas next week. I wanted to bring up that whether it's because of COVID, whether it's because of inflation, I don't know what it is, but like the quality of the product in Vegas for everything other than entertainment, I would say the hotels, the casinos, the food, just being on the strip, all that, the the quality of all that has nosedived in my opinion. Now, the entertainment is still great. We saw this show, Absinthe, at Caesars Palace. It was awesome. And for the most part, the food was was pretty damn good. But something about, and I don't know if it's because I'm older now and I'm 30. I'm not in my 20s anymore. But something about the Vegas experience has nosedived to me to where I'm starting to notice all these little nickel and dime things that they're doing to you. And I hope you have a good experience in Vegas there next week. But I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm I'm kind of just a little bit out on Vegas as the tourist destination that I used to always love. I don't know. I feel like it's, it's gone downhill, man. Well, I'll see you this weekend. We were there in, in June. Um, and it was awesome. Stayed at the Mirage and, um, saw the, uh, the Beatles show there and the food was, mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't even food doesn't even doesn't even need to be that good for me to eat it, but it was really good. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I thought we were staying there again. I think we're actually staying at uh, that Park MGM. Okay, because um, that's the one that comes with Costco. Just you know, Vegas on a budget. Um, Park MGM's awesome. It's right next to T-Mobile. You got Italy there. Yeah, it's a good spot. Yeah, she did mention Italy specifically, maybe to go there. Um, so we'll see, but yeah, I, I love Vegas. I hope I have, (laughs) we have a good time. (laughs) That's how, so I went into the trip on Saturday being like, okay, I'm bringing some, some dough. I'm ready to put down a bunch of bets on college football and world cup on Saturday and then do world cup and NFL on Sunday, play a bunch of poker, get some awesome meals, go to a show. I just felt like the level to which they nickel and dime you is off the charts now. Like every place tries to get away with, we don't do daily housekeeping because of COVID. I'm like, it's been almost three years. Let's <laughs> clean my room, clean my room, please. <laughs> we paid for an upgrade fee uh, to get like a room on the top floor of the Nobu hotel at Caesars palace. We show up and the bathroom has not been cleaned. There's like coffee grinds and hair everywhere. I'm like, what the oh. hell is this? So they send someone up and they clean it, whatever. We put the do not disturb on to go to sleep, and they still, like, knocked on the door to try to deliver something. I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, the things on the door don't knock on it. 
when we go to leave, they're like, oh, you have like $150 in mini bar charges. I like, we didn't take shit out of the mini bar. So then they had to like go up to the room and ensure that we're not lying. And they're like, oh, yeah, really? it looks like you didn't take oh anything God. out of the mini bar. We're walking on the strip. We're walking through the casino. I feel like the crowd of people, and maybe this is like a microcosm of American society as a whole, but like people are just dickheads. Like just, I don't know, something about the people is different. Like it used to be, obviously it was a party on Saturday night in Vegas. Like you're hitting the tables, you're hitting the slots, you're going to the club, you're going to some awesome restaurant i get it but man we saw just a lot of just schmucks around just behaving like kids and then the thing that probably pisses me off the most is like the staff everywhere you go i get that like you know inflation's tough and you know it's people aren't as into their jobs because they're exhausted because they're working longer for for less pay with inflation and whatnot but like god everywhere we go it's like the person who's supposed to be doing this job at the, in the hospitality capital of America in Las Vegas, like does not want to be there. And like you just being like, hi, we have a 16, 615 reservation. They're like, okay. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like everywhere we went, I don't know. I hope you don't have that experience, but I never thought I'd say this as the biggest fan of Las Vegas and gambling and food and doing all that shit. But I'm kind of out on it. It was, it was a crummy experience. I want, I want to hear next week about what it was like for you. Oh, heck yeah. I'm I'm hoping it's going to be good. I think you might have motivated me to just put a bunch of money on Tampa. So either way, I'm happy or I'm. <laughs> and or Tampa money line is like plus 175. So put a couple hundred bucks on Tampa. You might get, well, you put 500 bucks on Tampa. You get a free vacation or the Niners win, you know. I'm good with either. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. The yeah, emotional she, yeah I tell, tell Kayla and she'd be like, you did what? You lost, <laughs> you lost, you know, 500 or whatever doing what? Um, I'm like, but the Niners won and you lost 500 pushing a button on a slot machine. So what's the difference? Exactly. Yeah. yeah you lost 500 bucks at the You shops. lost $500 yeah. playing Willy Wonka. So yeah. <laughs> oh, I lost a lot of money on the fucking Buffalo slot machine. Dude. Oh my god, that is the worst! Like out of all, like out of all the vi- like casino, like let's go Buffalo, whatever it oh. does, like Buffalo. Yeah. Those it's it a herd of Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. I, dude, those I never won shit on any like <laughs> anyone ever. Whether it's you know Vegas or up in Reno or even like out here with Jackson Rancheria, like nothing, like ever. Um. <laughs> I had like uh, like the like only- I I think all of those like big like bright like Willy Wonka like like the ones that they make it look like a movie like it just right. you guys these seem like sus like yeah. do you hand out money ever <laughs> like it just like that feels like if that one even more than like it's like I know I'm at a casino I'm gambling like you know it's you know they don't keep building casinos because people are winning type thing right mm-hmm. and it's like but this one I'm like it feels like I'm definitely not gonna win it feels like you're just toying with me. Um, <laughs> There was a machine actually last time we went. Why Kayla's like, let's go back. Um, she played this like, uh, she loves the Wheel of Fortune. That's her favorite. Mm-hmm. And she like magically picked this one and hit it. And I was like, let's just go. She hit it like a couple more times. And she got like, she didn't get the jackpot, but she got this thing that just give you like 20 free spins. Mm-hmm. But she kept hitting the free spins. Dude, she ended up hitting like, she ended up having like 250 free spins. <laughs> and she won like, 700 bucks 
It was then, nuts. I yeah. honestly was. I honestly was like, I hope this is over because I was. It was like it was like two a.m. in the morning. We had like an early flight. I'm like, <laughs> it was like the last thing we did of the trip. I'm like, honestly, I kind of hope you stop hitting the free spins because I want to go like to bed and like I'm done. But like, I, we can't just keep. We can't like we already put in the money. Like if it just keeps going, we have to. We had to stay there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just like, oh my god, here it goes again. Like, and it wouldn't be like, oh, here's 19 of 20 spins. It was like it kept hitting the free spin. So it literally at one point, I swear, said like spin number 47 of 180. <laughs> and I'm like, this seems. I, I honestly thought it was broken. Like. Are we getting lucky? Like it's like broken. Like there's a glitch or something. Yeah. And, and we're gonna have to like have somebody come over here and stop the machine, and they'll be like, "Oh, it's broken. We're gonna yeah. need that money back or something." Like that yeah. wasn't real. I'd be like, <laughs> "What?" Um. Yeah. Well, I, I hope you guys have that experience again. That would be. Sick. But those the, you, you hit a, you hit a nerve with the buffalo because I'm oh. like, she likes. She's famously, way more famously, of a my than me. my mom won a bunch at the buffalo in um in um. Uh, really reno at the pepper mill and it like paid for our entire family meal at the buffet and i was like oh i love the buffalo so now every time i play it i'm like i'm gonna win and i have won a few times but it never happens for me anymore it's hilarious because i've literally like i think it's one i've played the most and like it i'm never won ever um i'm always drawn to it but it never delivers for me yeah i'm I'm drawn to it the one i've been drawn to more they're they're like they're putting ones with like um like like I said, movies or something. It's like oh, I like this movie or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, Jamie nope. plays the Breaking Bad one because oh my god, like there's like yeah. like it's a slot machine. I'm like this looks like like huh? <laughs> Kayla's Wheel of Fortune. She plays a lot. She loves she loves all the like Asian ones. Yeah, like there's a lot of ones that are the ones like, that like feel that like yeah. basket. Yep, like with the coins. Yeah, I think it's 88 fortunes or whatever it is. Well, we were there this time. Jamie saw this one where it's basically like three little piggies. And like every time you like get one of the coins, it goes into the piggy like a bank and then it inflates and it gets bigger and bigger. And once it bursts, you get like free spins or the jackpot or whatever. And every time we're about to leave, I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's, you know, head back to the room. She's like, but look at the yellow one. It's about to burst. (laughs) And then she bursts the yellow one and then makes a bunch of money and then loses it. And then I'm like, okay, we're back down to where we started. Let's let's head out. She's like, but look at the blue one. Now it's about to burst. I'm like, this is how they get us. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, I, I hate to. One of my other pet peeves, then we could wrap it up. But, like, it's people who have, like, the, the machine volume, like, loud. Oh. And, like, like, you be sitting next to somebody and it's loud. And, like, if they win, you're just like. I should have chose that machine. I just literally, I only lost. I didn't like, like, oh my God, big win. It's always like, the person next to you. I'm like, I'm like, I hope you bet like a dollar and it was like the penny slot. I hope you won nothing. Cause I'm sitting here mad <laughs> losing all my money. Yeah. You're sitting there and your machine's not making any noise. And the person next to you is like, cause I'm, no! I'm bad. Like I'm super impatient, super impatient. So like when I go, like I put a hundred bucks in a slot machine or something and I like, I don't even care what it is. I'm betting the max every time. Oh my so, God. Like, cause like, cause like I'd rather just get it over with. Like I don't find it fun. So like I'm here to win. So like, here's a hundred bucks, whatever happens, happens. And like, I'll bet like six bucks a spin, <laughs> like the max credits. Um, cause I'm like, if I do win, I know I can stop. Like I'm good at that. Like if I win, I yeah. can't stop. <laughs> but like, 
but like I'm impatient, like waiting. Right. So I'm like, I'm either going to win big, I hit the six and say I hit, hit like the big win or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, that's six times whatever credits, you know, I'm like, oh, that'll be good. And then, but, but then like I did one, I was like hundred bucks, mm-hmm. $6 a hand. I was like, that was like five minutes and that's gone. <laughs> and it's gone. <laughs> oh, well, I hope you have a good time next week at Park MGM. We're going to give us the status report next Tuesday when we record. Um, next week's episode will also drop on Tuesday, and then we'll get back to a more regular schedule after that. Uh, for our fans, of course, all all nine of them listening out there, thank you so much for your support. I think we I think we got more fans on that. I'm hoping I'm hoping the uh, hoping the algorithm kicks. Like we're gonna it's gonna happen. We got some folks on TikTok. We got some folks who 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 watch our clips on TikTok, and we're we're trying to funnel them here to this pod, but. We're going to keep cranking out some NFL content for you every week. Uh, we're, we're giving you some winners, so we hope to continue doing that as well. Uh, we'll be back next week for another edition of You Like That, Brock Hard. I mean, You Like That, Feels Great, Baby, uh, for Joey. And just remember, <laughs> if you're Brock Hard for more than four hours, call a doctor. Please consult a physician. Uh, for Joey Moore, I'm Eric Stenholm. We'll see you next week. Adios. Oh, <laughs> my